Hello and welcome to Holst Fidelity episode 15. Tonight, my boy Tick is back yet again. He's wearing his shirt for the band that we're about to chat about and that band is British India. So British India emerged from the underbelly of the Melbourne indie rock scene in with a love of music and a driving determination that turned four high school friends into a fierce garage band who quickly gained a reputation for explosive live shows and the ability to write great pop songs. A chance meeting with legendary producer Harry Vander resulted in their critically acclaimed debut, Guillotine. With relentless touring and support from Triple J, Guillotine would achieve 20,000 sales and win them an AIR award for Best New Group in 2007. AIR stands for Australian Independent Record Award. British India followed up with their second album, Thieves, this time to great fanfare. By the year's end, British India had become one of the most popular rock bands in the country. They continued their ascent, releasing Avalanche in 2010. The band turned a new corner in 2012, signing with Liberation Records and Mushroom Music. British India would go on to release their two most successful albums to date, Controller and Nothing Touches Me. Over a 10-year period, British India notched up eight entries into the Hottest 100, released six albums and have played at every major festival in the country and have headlined over 800 shows. Tick. Now, yeah. these are your boys. They are, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, they are. You sent me two photos of you hanging out with, with Declan, the lead singer, and he looked. Yeah, put, put, put that in one of the descript- in, the, in one of the posts, posts at the bottom. He was he was pretty wrapped. I I don't know yeah. who was more excited, you or him. But <laughs> now, nah, talk me talk to me about British India, mate, because I know you've seen them an extraordinary amount of times, and you know why? What what draws you in with these guys? I think it probably all started watching. It. So in 2006, there was Triple J had their own TV show on a Saturday morning called JTV. It was like, I think it was Rage and then it went into JTV at nine o'clock. Around that time, British India, I, I was probably really getting into Triple J a bit late. You know, I was kind of probably a, a 20 or so by that stage. And Tie Up My Hands was one of the songs that was constantly in the chart so I think they did like a top 20 or something like that so that film clip that song was being played a lot I reckon that was my kind of stepping stone into British India then as I delved a little deeper once again I found I really liked this band and then I think my fandom does come from what you said before is the live aspect of the band so they weren't just a band who were a great live show. They were also very accessible, particularly for someone in towns, also regionally. I will reveal the number. I've seen them 13 times, I think. Wow. And of those 13 times, eight of them were in Townsville. Two of them, like one was in Cairns and one was in Airlie Beach. So, you know, a large portion of the times that I have seen them have been in my backyard. And that's one of their biggest redeeming qualities is is they are such a good live act. Why are they such a good live act? You said it there, 800 shows. They know their shit. Relentlessly. They know their <laughs> shit. And, you know, their stage show isn't much. There's no fanfare about it. It's just four blokes up there who've really honed their craft and know how to put on a live show. There's, you know, the lighting is minimal. There's no pyrotechnics. There's no... <laughs> 
smoke machines or anything like that. It's just a lot, a really energetic show live. And as as I've kind of done this exercise to work out, well, what are my favourite songs? I found it so hard. Of all the ones we've done, I just kind of went. I'm almost finding this impossible because I just love their whole catalogue almost equally. To me, there's there's kind of no ups and downs. There's there's very few bad songs or songs that I don't enjoy in there. And then I think even the songs that I do really love, I love all the other songs <laughs> the same amount. So mm. very difficult exercise in doing this. When you say you've seen them th- 13 times live, now does that include a certain concert that we watched together even though we were in our own houses? Or is that number 14? No, it doesn't. That, that's probably fourteen. I don't know. Does that count as live? Look, I po- I bought a ticket. Times? I bought a ticket to that show. So that true. So for listeners out there, when COVID was happening, I, I forget the name of the show. I don't know if you remember it, Tick. But was it Coopers? Did, did Coopers Coopers do it or something? Yeah, like they might have been the sponsor. It was a beer sponsor. Oh no, it was Young Henrys. Young Henrys. That's right. Yes, and yeah. they had a you know they had a different Australian artist on each week because at the time obviously they were doing it tough. Music music artists around the country, no one could tour. Most people were not releasing anything because of you know they they couldn't basically back it up and promote it by touring. So certain Aussie bands were putting their hand up to to do these live shows and. My wife and I sat down in the man cave watching them and, and we had tick on, I don't know, constant text as we were listening to each song and, and I ended up buying a ticket to support British India that night and, and they deserved it. It was it was cracking night. I was really drunk and I danced a lot and I, I sang a lot. It's They're the type of band that you can do that to. I, I will say it is the worst atmosphere I've experienced at a British <laughs> <laughs> The only time I've had a three-year-old walking around at the same time, I think. Yeah, but I, I found that it was like it was really easy to get to the bar for that particular gig. <laughs> <laughs> and the drinks were cheap. <laughs> they were really cheap. So, yeah, I'm sure what I saved on probably the 10 or 12 drinks that night, I could have bought about eight <laughs> tickets to their show. But, no, look, I agree completely. British India are a great studio band, but they're – a scintillating live act and they really are anyone out there that gets the chance to go and see these guys it's so worth it and like tech said it there's none of the the fanfare with the the gimmicks because they don't need them that's that's how yep. much they you just well, soak it in you, you'll still be able to catch them live as well so even though i i think i, I read something about this not too long ago and i couldn't find it again but i'm certain i read something about declan saying that they basically were done as a recording artist from now on they kind of decided that the body of work that we've got is a great body of work we don't want to kind of keep you know tarnish our reputation by putting something out that's not necessarily going to work for us so i think in 2018 their guitarist Nick Wilson left the band. Basically, he was kind of done with the touring. I think he wanted to start a family. So they've got a new guitarist in, but they are still doing a lot of live shows. You know, you see them pop up all the time in a strange way, particularly when pubs are closing or whatever, and they're doing one last show. They'll get British India in because they've played there in the past. Mm. And, yeah, you still see they're pretty still pretty active as far as touring is concerned, but I think they've put a, a pin in, at least for now, into their recording mm. career. But... The body of work that they've got is is quite fantastic. And doing this exercise once again, my initial feelings were the first three albums is where I'm going to 
land and it is actually where I've landed with my top five but I probably haven't given enough respect to the following three albums in particular the ones that you mentioned there Control and Nothing Touches Me both really really good albums particularly the starting half of both of those albums I find to be quite fantastic Forgetting the Future I haven't really given it too good of a listen at any stage and I think that's just a timing thing with myself of where I was at when that was released, I probably wasn't too interested in, in new music at that point in time. Yeah, so I, I know with myself pulling together my five, it, they do have a real formula to their to their hits. And even, yes. you know, when I say hits, they do have that same catchy resonance right through most of their their albums. And, you know, some yeah. of the songs that you even you have in your five tonight man like they could be they could be singles they, like they are yeah. literally like they know what works for them and and they use that and manipulate it so obviously they they're not clones or anything but they they're all by the end of the song you're bopping along to them or there's, there's something that's still rolling around in your head from each of those tracks very hooky yeah, super hooky. But in your eyes, have have they changed much over the years? I, I I know Guillotine, which is very special to me, was probably a little bit less produced than the future yep, albums. Like definitely. Thieves, Thieves was an immediate step up in that polish and sort of clean, cleaner sound. But you know, now that you've given these later albums a good listen, like is there anything that really strikes you with them? There's definitely a maturity in their sound that is that has evolved over the time. You mentioned Guillotine, very garagey kind of punky, short, not not necessarily short and sharp, but very sharp kind of songs. Thieves, like you said, was only a year later that they released that, so it was almost, you know, it's the same era of music. Then I found with Avalanche, started to get a bit more production into it, and then from there, like you said, the biggest, most successful two albums, a lot more polish, a bit more of a mature sound as well so yeah they've definitely evolved as as time went on which i guess good bands should do but i think they've still stuck pretty close to their roots as to what made them popular in the first place and they mentioned that about their live show quite often that if you come to a british india show and you're a new fan well you're going to hear a lot of old songs and if you're an old fan you're going to hear a lot of new songs but hopefully (laughs) you know the Mm. two of them kind of meet in the middle and everyone has a good time because quite often you know it's the old uh, regurgitator thing. I like your old stuff better than your new stuff. But quite often with their shows, you know, there's more than enough of a back catalogue that they don't necessarily play all the same songs. You know, they've got enough there that they can, for the old fans to kind of throw on a few album tracks or, you know, not necessarily they had a huge volume of singles. I was quite surprised you said only eight entries into the Hottest 100 over the years because another part of Triple J was a website called J Play and they had... You know, it was, it was kind of a following mm. of what songs had been played on Triple J. British India was always up there as one of the most played artists on Triple J around mm. the time. I think it coincided with their careers, so it kind of makes sense. But, yeah, very surprising that only eight entries into the Hottest 100. Mm. I miss that J Play website so much. It was brilliant. Yeah, I, I, was, I was looking for it today just, just as a, you know, historical thing and found that it shut down a few years ago because I suppose that <laughs> Triple J themselves have that information for the wider public. And yeah. it was just one guy who was doing I that. Know, I know. He needs so much kudos for what he did because it's mm. not as easy to find that new music through the Triple J site because I tried today. <laughs> for cricket. <laughs> one man doing God's work. All right, well, let's roll into it. Now, I know you 
uh, sort of know these guys back to front. So I'm assuming you would definitely have some honourable mentions here. Yeah, uh, can I just put put in? You know, usually we talk about the influences. Oh yeah, I thought there was some pretty. There were some really cool quotes I read recently of Declan saying that we, Pixies, obviously, but who else? Yeah, well, actually, yeah, I think the Pixies are in there. <laughs> it was. Let me just have a look. Oh yeah, this great quote from Declan about their style of music because he, what he loosely said was, he's like, our generation grew up with the Beatles and Nirvana and at the drive-in all at the same time, so there's no reason why they can't all be in the same song. And I. A lot of these older bands, you had the Beatles, or we had Elvis, or we had, you know, then you kind of accumulated each of these new influences. Whereas when we're discovering music, we're getting it all at the same time. So it's that mm. kind of mishmash of absolutely everything together all at once. So, yeah, I think they mentioned a lot of their influences Blur, Nirvana, The Who, The Clash. They had a punk influences, obviously, Rancid, No, no Effects, and a lot of the Britpop as well. Arctic Monkeys and Libertines were some of their big influences. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, they've all got that rock pop sort of influence in some way, even the punk bands. What, what, would, you, what would you call them, do you reckon? Garage pop or garage punk? Well, I wouldn't even call them garage now. Like, I, th- I can see where you th- the guillotine reference to garage, but I, I don't think any of their albums after guillotine you could say is garage rock pop. Yeah. But, you know, in the end they're a great pop band that, you know, plays rock mm. instruments. <laughs> It just doesn't sound right. I know, I know. Does it? I, I was thinking about this beforehand, but you know that that's what they do. Like their songs, especially on the later albums, are you know popular music. They got those hooks yep. and melodies, and and that's that's sort of what coincides with that type of music. But yeah, I don't know. Rock pop. Who knows? Okay. We're going into the honourable mentions. Okay. Okay. What okay. do you got? I will list the whole Guillotine album. <laughs> <laughs> or the ones that we haven't put in here because, yeah, that album start to finish is fantastic. You have asked me before which is my favourite album of different bands. It's hands down as Guillotine. From there, in particular, Edgy Looking Clothes, Automatic Pulse, Outside 109. From Thieves, This Dance is Loaded, Airport Tags, The Golden Years, which is an album closer, which I really enjoy. Avalanche, the opening song, Safari, is a is a really yeah, short song, cracker. but... It's very interesting as well and and really sets the tone for the album. is one of those more poppy kind of songs. And then from Nothing Touches Me, Suddenly and Angela. Yeah. Uh, a lot of one word titles there, but yeah. Is there is there any songs is there any songs you don't want to give an honorable mention to? It, it might be oh, quicker no, just no. to list out the ones that you're not giving it to. <laughs> a chrome messiah maybe. <laughs> No, well that was a that was a pretty comprehensive list of of extras. So I'm assuming your top five like to compile yeah. this must have been a bit of a mission. Yeah, listen to Counterculture. It's the EP from before. You couldn't find it, could you? It was no, I couldn't find it on YouTube band. or Spotify. So 
What was it? An Apple Music thing? I don't know. I must have bought it or something at some stage and then uploaded it to, or maybe I bought it on iTunes years and years. Uh, ago. Torrent, Torrent Man. Yes. Oh, I reckon I bought it. I would have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that being the case, I don't think I need to add any honourable mentions because you've covered their catalogue there. So we'll just roll into my number five. My prep for this particular episode has been pretty minimal. I've been pretty flat out. Last night recorded Queens of the Stone Age, tomorrow Vampire Weekend, and tonight... Tick and I just thought, let's squeeze in some British India, and he knows his his stuff with this band, but he might be able to help me out a bit with some of my songs. And mine are after mate. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Mine, (laughs) mine aren't revolutionary, but they're still the songs I love, and for good reason. Usually, live live performances as well. Number five. Number five is probably the most cliche of all their songs to place in a five, and that song is called Vanilla. Now, it Mm. comes from the 2010 Avalanche LP, and I haven't noted down here how high it got in the Hottest 100, but I think this would have had to been one of the most successful tracks they had in the Hottest 100. Was it top ten? I'd have thought so. I'd have thought so too. I, I truly don't know the answer to that. Yeah, it is it is their most – well, I suppose at the time when it was released, it was their best song, and I still think it's in the conversation for uh, their best song as well. I think it's a, it's a great track. It was named Vanilla as a basically an ode to this is a standard rock ballad. That's why it's named Vanilla. What do you love about it? Look, I, I just think it's an anthem. Like when you look, listen to their songs and, you know, often a band might have, you know, if they're lucky, an anthem of sorts. And to me, this is one of those sing-along songs live that everyone, you know, it's not about dancing, it's about singing. And for me, yeah. this one is, you know, that that chorus, you know, that I can't breathe underwater, I can't stand in the air. Yeah. But like everyone knows the words Everyone at the concert belting it out at the top of their lungs. And for me, I love sing-alongs. I can't dance for shit, so yeah. give me a sing-along any day. <laughs> you know, yeah. otherwise I'm just jumping up and down. This, this is one of those songs. I, I think it deserves a spot in the five purely because I know when I see them live, this comes on, I get excited, and it's just one of those experiences. And often you, you lean away from these type of songs when you do your five because you've heard them so often. You feel like, oh, I'm just going to go and extract something really cool. But you know what? I just really love this song, so it's, that's why it's my five.
I think you make a good point there about dancing and jumping up and down. And I've, I've given my calves a fair workout for years <laughs> at British India gigs. And this this was always an opportunity where you where you could just probably give them a little break. It's at times you could just stand there and belt it out at the top of your, top of your lungs. This this song reminds me of when I saw them at Full Noise in 2010 and that photo that you were talking about where Declan's looking the most sad man on earth <laughs> next to me who's looking rather excited is <laughs> from that gig. So it was afterwards he was wandering the crowd and I, I caught up, well, caught up, I don't know how we, what you call it, caught up or... Chewed his ear off for a bit and said, "Can I get a photo?" And he looks so sad in the photo. <laughs> it's amazing. Also, ran into Jake Stone from Blue Juice that night. He, on the other hand, was very excitable and very, very chatty. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> He's always smiling. That bloke. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, what's your but, number um, five? Yeah, a, gra- a great, a great pick for a five. I think as a starting point. Um, you know, it's got a lot of those. Like I said, the classic rock tropes. You know, even the the guitar in it is very mm. kind of. It's almost cheesy in a way how um, exaggerated that guitar riff is. Really, really good song, and I'm glad it's in the five because it's particularly for people who have never heard of British India or might be on the edge. That's a great introduction to them, I think, of a song that was, you know, highly touted by them at the time. It was kind of a breakthrough track Mm. as well. So, yeah, good pick. All right, my number five. Like I said, I found this really difficult. I've gone with a lot of songs that just have memories to me. This song, I don't have the strongest uh, strongest memory or something specific for. It is from Avalanche and it is the last song from Avalanche. It is Anti-Gravity. Now, we've mentioned in previous pods how I, I spend a lot of my time in my late teens, early 20s looking back to find music. When this album came out, like I said, I grabbed onto them pretty heavily. This was probably the first album that I would have ever bought on the day of release and been excited, like, you know, kind of lining up at the door to, to buy an album. It wasn't like that. I bought it off iTunes. But the day that it was released, I was there buying it in the morning, listening to it in the car on the way to work. So I had a copy in my hot little hands, absolute day one. So listening through to the whole album, obviously it's brand new. Would have heard Vanilla by that stage, but, you know, most of the songs are pretty fresh to you. Getting to the end of the track and hearing this song, it was something that really just grabbed me from the get-go and I've never let it go. Once we started this exercise, I knew this was going to be in my top five straight away. It's so far from being one of their hits. I don't think I've ever heard it live. Most people would never have heard it, but it's a really kind of interesting song. We talked about in the Led Zeppelin episode about that idea of songwriting with light and dark, slow and fast, you know, stop-start kind of stuff. This song is really in tune with that and that is a bit of a theme throughout a lot of these British India songs is they have a lot of, they're very wavy in a way. They'll kind of start slow, build up high, come back down, back high and then usually finish quite raucous at the Mm. end. This is where I'm kind of getting that idea of more production involved, particularly on this album. There's a lot of samples. It starts off with a sample of something like a a sound check or something like that. There's a crowd and there's a guy who's getting frustrated with the crowd saying, fuck this shit. But then it leads into the, the song proper.
the, the gentle strumming of the guitars does sound very Pixies-esque, I think. Like, it, does that sound right? Pixies-esque. Sorry, I said esh. Pixies-esque. I, I think I got the gist either yeah. way you spoke it. So. <laughs> yeah, Pixies. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, it slowly builds up to a bit of a crescendo, but then it kind of just drops off again about the 50-second mark. Um, it peels right back into that. It's not going to happen vibe a little bit. And then it kind of kicks back up into the chorus about 20 or 30 seconds later. You get a guitar solo in this, and I really like the bit. It's about the 2 minute 50 mark. The whole song just peels all the way back to just Declan and the strumming of that guitar before it really explodes right at the end. And then as you kind of get to the very end, it's got that fuzzy guitar kind of reverb, echoey kind of effect that just really finishes an album off nicely. It's, Mm. It's kind of wraps it up in a nice little package of just, it's almost like they've stopped playing and the amp still kind of just, there's a bit of a fuzz kind of coming through the amp still and they've just walked off stage with a few notes still playing. It's, yeah, it's just an interesting idea, I suppose, to finishing off an album I like. said it a thousand times i like starting tracks and i like ending tracks and this is one of them number four now if vanilla was cliche this one might be number two on the the cliche list but this one this one is really special to me it's the song that brought me into the british india world when triple j first played it and the song is called tie up my hands from guillotine 2007 super accessible a pop song, a, a perfect yeah. little pop song. It just evokes great memories for me. This song was played on the radio f- for about two weeks and it was starting to, you know, escalate the amount of playtime it was getting and, and they were playing in Brisbane at the Zoo, which is one of the, the coolest little venues there. We went there, it was $12, 
we went along so they had just released this album we hadn't really had a chance to listen to it properly they were just unbelievable i just still remember that night how much fun everyone in that room had for this gig that these you know basically unknowns at the time and you know everyone was waiting for was there a good crowd it was it it was probably about three quarters full so but it's a small venue it's not it's not i've also seen them at the zoo there you go so yeah it was about three quarters (laughs) full different times which, which I think was, you know, I think that was pretty solid for the time. But Triple J was massive at the time as well with Unearthed mm. bands. Like Unearthed had a real presence around those days. I know they still push it, but it was it was a big deal. You know, Grinspoon came through that that uh, gateway, etc. Yeah. Anyway, great night. Everyone was waiting for Tie Up My Hands and, you know, it comes on near the end and everyone's singing it out. And, and it made me realise how much I loved all their music because even though a lot of those songs I'd only heard for the first time that night, they were instantly like, you're like, we've got to get this album. We've got to get this album so we can listen to this. That's, that's how good it was. And such an instant pickup. This song has a a funny little story about that guitarist, Nick Wilson, that you said is he's moved on now, but obviously was a very integral part of the band. And, Back, or well, I'm assuming Triple J still have Super Request. I haven't really listened in on oh, night times no too idea. much, but they use Super Request every night, so people could ring up and and there was I think two hour period each night where they just play requests from. It was Rose, Rosie Beaton or Robbie Buck at the time? I think. Someone like that, and it, in the end, it was nearly the same twenty songs every night getting requested again and again with maybe you know a couple of older tracks, but it was, it was mainly newer stuff. And anyway. Nick Wilson was forced to come clean on his act of of greasing his own wheels here because he stated, in one brutally embarrassing story, I was once caught out requesting tie up my hands on Super Request, which I did every night. When Triple J saw the requests flooding in, assuming I was a super fan, they called me whilst I was in the middle of a shift at David Jones. Honesty was the best policy, and I had to admit on air to being in the band. <laughs> so That's this is them classic. trying to find their feet, and he is requesting his own song every night on the Jays. Somehow I don't think he would have had to have been requesting it either because it was big. You, you know, mm. it's by far the most polished song on Guillotine, and like you said, it's, it's got all the hallmarks of a single. You know, it's, mm. it's good.
I think for anyone out there that hasn't listened to Breach India, this is going to be your most accessible song in all their catalogue, yeah. in my eyes. And, you know, especially if anyone's listening outside of Australia, like if you use this as a starting point, you'll see how catchy and, and easy they are to, to pick up and run with. All right, my number four, it's once again another song off Avalanche. And the story behind this one centres around Groove and the Moo 2010. So the album Avalanche was released on the 30th of April 2010 and Groove and the Moo in Townsville was held on the 2nd of May, so only three days later. So it was the Friday the album was released. Groove and the Moo was always on a Sunday. So I had two days to basically listen to, consume, learn this new album before the gig. Now, at the time... One of my mates was running a festival called Full Noise in Townsville. And so me and a bunch of mates, we were wearing these Full Noise shirts to Groove in the Moon, you know, like kind of a guerrilla marketing kind of thing. But <laughs> at pre-drinks, we were kind of sitting there and someone had some paint and so we're like, oh, let's pretty up our shirts a little bit. So we're kind of cutting the arms off into singlets and making little ta- cutting tassels and writing stuff. Like we're having a little afternoon <laughs> with the boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> a bit of uh, modifications to these shirts. Now, this song, there's a a lyric in this song which says, and and the song is Because of You, there's a lyric in the song that says, now when I see you, I'm choking on the neon April snow. So I like the sound of that. I don't know what it means. I still don't know what it means. But I liked the sound of neon April snow. So on my shirt, I wrote neon April snow on the back of it. Now, when British India came on, I was in the mosh pit. And as you know, not everyone knows this, but I'm built like Greek Adonis, so I'm pretty hot, pretty muscly, you know what? So I'm in the mosh pit and I'm like, I take my shirt off and it's getting pretty hot and sweaty in there. And it was kind of near the front and I held up my the back of my shirt that said Neon April Snow. And Will Drummond, the bassist, actually made eye contact and he was looking at it and he's like, what the fuck? Like he just kept, like he could obviously read what it said, but he had no idea. Like I was showing it to him like, hey, I know this thing. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. Anyway, Whatever gig was good and then as time went on and I, I you know because there's iTunes no liner notes or anything like that anyway the lyric is actually neon exhaust fumes so <laughs> a long way from it but um yeah that's just always always stuck with me as a dumb idiot move of, of me the big dumb idiot <laughs> and, and, and that's why you like this song well, I like the song anyway, but this is just it's a memory that, that I but, but do you like the song with the new lyrics? The exhaust yeah, lyrics. So. Yeah, yeah. Just as yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes more sense. I don't know how, but it, <laughs> April snow makes no sense. Where does it even snow in April? Probably almost nowhere. Um <laughs> But the song, once again, it's a similar trope. It's that soft start, it's that loud, fast kind of vibe to it. And we've spoken about this privately, but Declan's voice works really good as a screamy, shouty kind of voice. Not in the softer moments, sometimes it's a little bit lacking. But at the very start of this, there's a real coldness in his voice that kind of sets the song up perfectly, I think. I mean that slow quiet bit at the start of it and same idea it's slow at the start but once it starts it, it really starts and then there's there's kind of this middle bit with just two minutes of heavy drums heavy guitars and then peels strips right back once again there's that lyric at, at, towards the end where hey man don't leave, let me out of your sight don't walk away you're staying here tonight it's really kind of once again comes back to that coldness i don't quite know what the song's about but that that kind of is very visceral mm. lyric i think and then once again, the last 40 seconds, 
we went back into the chorus and those real fuzzed out guitars kind of closed the track. But yeah, interesting <laughs> bit of a, a story that makes me look like a dickhead. <laughs> I mean, I don't need a lot of help in that regard. Yeah, great song as well. I was, I was, this this kind of came in a bit later. I was listening to that album with Beck and I was like, fuck, I love this song so much. So that's why it's my number four. song I yeah I, I had that on my sort of extended short list and yep. it got cold eventually but yeah I really enjoy that track so I just don't have the the shirt story to accompany it so it didn't make my fault <laughs> yeah, you you wish you could be as big of a loser as me <laughs> <laughs> number three my number three comes from the album controller in 2013. The song is, uh, just continuing with my cliche songs, this is the, I'd say, the biggest single off that album, I Can Make You Love Me. Anyone that's read the lyrics to this song, depressing is an understatement to the lyrics on this song. Like, And even the way he sings it, like you can almost like feel pain in his voice yeah. as he sings this song he does it really well with this song and you know at times he's, he's almost wailing but at the same time you know it still feels it's real bleak when i read the lyrics i was like oh man it's you know the, the first line if you're reading this then that means that i am dead like 
okay, how many songs starts, you know. I think that's also the opening lyric to Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. <laughs> mm. I don't know why I ever take you seriously for uh, even a millisecond. I, I, I sort of dug into it trying to work out, you know, what this is about. And, and British India, in an interview, said this song was ex- inspired by an argument they saw a couple have at a party. Wow. So they've, they've taken this moment of these, this couple having this crazy argument and then it's, they've obviously built on it and built the story around it. So Declan has also stated that, you know, this song is pretty dark stuff. We go into some emotions and atmospheres that we've not been able to do before. Yeah, so if you're reading this, then that means that I'm dead. What was the last thing that you told me? The night is over, but I still have a place to go. No one else, but I will be there. I guess the track title as well is a bit of a a play on words because I can make you love me, all right? So obviously that's a expression that you wouldn't normally say. It'd be always, yeah. you can't make it me love. against itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it feels like there could be tones of suicide or something mm. that's like I'm going to – I'm not going to let you yeah. go without me hurting you sort of thing. Yeah. It's it's hard to, to dig in through it, but it does you – know say- You know what they say, you can't help but love the dead, which is true. You know what I mean? Like people die, people – glorify their lives no, no one stands up at a funeral and says yeah he was pretty good but sometimes he was an asshole yeah and that's you know? a that's a really good point like that strengthens the case that that's mm. you know what this guy or, or girl has done like said well if i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna let this fall apart i'm i'm going before it happens yeah. so you but anyway that, you, you mentioned that his voice has a lot of that kind of angst i think the guitar really has oh a- Yes. heavy sorrow to it as well. You know, it's mm. that real kind of drawn-out, high-pitched guitar. That tells a bit of the story mm. as well. And the most important thing, it's a builder.
So it's it's a Hulsh builder, and I, l- I actually really love the front half of the track where it's it's setting the stage and and building the scene. But the back end of this track is what wins me over every time because the front half is like really great but at that point i wouldn't say oh this is a top five track of mine but then Mm. the back half kicks in and yeah mate it's intense and it's powerful and you can just tell live that this song is going to kick ass in my top five for the longest time as well it was it was the last one to go so if i was gonna if we were allowed a six this would have been six there you go <laughs> yeah. so great pick thank you all right we're getting to the pointy end number oh no sorry we haven't done your number three yeah we're in the dull end yeah we're still in the no boring stuff just <laughs> let us know you three nah, what's all your three right. My number three. So not a huge story to this one, but this song, so when I I bought a Mitsubishi Lancer, a red Mitsubishi, a maroon Mitsubishi Lancer off my sister, and when I got it, it had just a cassette tape deck in it kind of thing, and then Dad, he installed a CD player for me. The very first song I put it, well, first album I put in there was, so the first song I heard out of it was Red Morning Light, Kings of Leon from... Youth and Young Manhood, I think. But the next song, the next album that I put in was Thieves. You know, you got a new stereo system. Not that it was <laughs> anything of worth or value, but, you know, you turn it up as high as you can. You're kind of feeling that bass. So the song that I picked as number three, I have just a vivid memory of this song coming on and going, I'm the fucking man with my new <laughs> head deck in my Mitsubishi Lancer. And the song is You Will Die and I Will Take oh, Over. Yes. That start. Um yeah, yes. that that bass line yeah. is just boom, 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 boom. And then mm. it just kind of keeps going through the whole way. It's it's such a it, 
I feel a pains to say again it's building up to something, but <laughs> it's it's kind of got that bass line and then it's got some real machine gun kind of drumming in there. The rat-a-tat-tat kind of thing comes in and then just that bass line rolls throughout the whole song. Um, it's got all the kind of parts of a, of a good rock song in it too. You know, there's a shredding guitar solo in there. It's got a catchy as all hell chorus there's a stop point in there you know this is following those themes again it stops and then the song actually almost completely stops and then starts again mm. at a point you'd think it's over lyrically no idea what this song is about and i don't care i just want that bass line to carry me through each time i listen to it and then i just want to listen to it again and again Tune. Okay, so now it's getting pointy. Okay, it's getting pointy. Now. I agree with you. Ouch. You can feel the pointedness. <laughs> number two. Okay, my number two. I'm going to state before I announce it because even though there's no big hurrah with the announcement, this is not one of their best songs. It's, it's not. It's it wouldn't even be yeah. in their ten best songs, but it's. One that I've loved from the get-go and to this day I have played it so many times just as an uplifting track for me. It's a really basic pop pop rock song and it's called House Party and it's from Guillotine Again from 2007. Now, I gravitate to this song purely on its hooks, its catches, and I, I do love at the end how it, it it's not so much a build but just the way that he sings through the whole song. And, and I just remember times of when I bought the album that I would just get it, put it on in the car or at home and and just play the song up as loud as I could and, and dance around the room or, or sing it out loud. And it just it's one of those songs that I've got this connection of, of real happiness I'm sure when people hear the snippet I put on here, it, it is. It's just really simple. It's it's not something that you would go out and, you know, this is no Bohemian Rhapsody, okay, or David Bowie classic or anything. This is pure and simple, uh, a pop song that makes you happy and gets you moving. And it's as simple as that. That's why it's number two.
on it before and I don't know if this is what you were referring to but the rhythm of the flow of the chorus is really cool and interesting mm. there's the bridge is at 220 and it's a magical moment when yeah same thing strips back a little bit and it's uh really kind of it's almost like the lyrics just don't stop like there's no breath in between the lyrics yeah you know mm. like it just kind of keeps going for a good portion of it and then once again music comes back in and then we get a nice big finish as we mm. always do with the British India song. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I feel really lucky that I got to see it that night because I remember when I heard it, I was like, what is this song? And when I went to listen to the album in the coming days, I, I, like, I pinpointed it. But the thing is they don't play this song live ever, yeah, ever. And it surprises me a little bit because it feels like it could work. But the problem is every single one of their songs works live. You know, it's it's hard to extract those 13 or 14 songs that you're going to do each night. But I really would love to hear the song live again, but I, I can't and lyrically, see that. And lyrically, what is it about? Is it about cooking a frozen pie in the microwave? Um, I haven't really looked into it. And when I listened to it Birds earlier on today... on the outside and frozen on the inside. It's classic pie manoeuvres. <laughs> Is that they talking about the city? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, d- I no, think there it's, is it's something. Kind of lyrically, a bit dark as well, isn't it? She yeah, it is. It. She cuts them so deep, it puts her to sleep. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I, there is some sort of anger and resentment to the to the lyrics, but I've never deep dived in, into it because it might take the happiness aspect away from it. <laughs> so, but sounds like a wild house party. I'll tell you that. Oh much. yeah, I don't know why. It's definitely a metaphor. So. Yeah. of some description yeah great great track and i think we we've spoken about this a little you know leading into this of, of how much we do love 
guillotine the album and you could slot so many other songs mm. well, we, in and you, you, top five. You mentioned today if, if one of us just takes the first five <laughs> and someone takes the second five, <laughs> we'll have it oh, I'd be happy. I truly would be happy. <laughs> and I'm going to steal your thunder here because I'm going to roll straight into my number two. <laughs> yeah, no, please do. <laughs> Which is also from Guillotine. And here I think go. it might be the only track so far that hasn't been mentioned in either the honourable mentions or anywhere else. <laughs> um, I knew it was this. This is the only one left. <laughs> and that song is Council Flat. Banger. Um, so I, I've got a memory of this as well. Uh, going back to uh, I've seen this band 13 times, right? So the first time I ever had an opportunity to see them was in 2008 at the Big Day Out. Um, I didn't go and watch them that day. Instead, Ooh. I watched. Now, remember this: that British India has continued, and I've seen them thirteen times since. I got to see a band that no longer exists, and so I guess looking back, what a great opportunity it was for me to go and watch Operator, please. Oh, so we had to, I was actually going to say <laughs> Operator, please. It's just a song. Because I went and watched them too, and I'm pretty sure the same. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? We wouldn't have known each other. We were probably bopping out to uh, Crash Tragic together and right next to each other and wouldn't have even known. Oh, man, I still, yeah, I, I look back at that and wonder what other bands were playing at that time. I looked at, I looked at the timetable the other day and went, I didn't go see Arcade Fire. No arcade fight, like all these things. I'm just like, oh. I'm pretty sure TV on the radio played that day in the afternoon. Possibly, yes. Yeah, there was there was bands like that. Anyway, yes. Yep. So 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 that's the first time I had a chance to see them. Um, The very next time I would have had a chance to see them was Splendor in the Grass, 2008. Now I'd just gone and got a massage. (laughs) There was a little market stall outside the GW McLennan tent. And I got a massage and then I snaked my way in and found found where my friends were in British India. And I looked at the timetable for Splendour in the Grass. Guess who was playing against British India at Splendour in the Grass at the same time? Which year is this? Operator, please. Operator, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this time I made the right choice. So I've got a clear memory of them playing Council Flat. And at the very end of the song, there's the bit when, um, when he starts screaming guillotine but I very very clearly remember him being up on stage and I'm certainly had like a drum and he was kind of banging the drum as well as a part of a part of that kind of end to the song the song itself it's quite a long song by British India standards five minutes 25 and I was looking through to try and find is that their longest song Mm. and I thought I had it but in forgetting the future there's an eight minute song but this is pretty much (laughs) you know definitely in the top three of their longest songs and this is what i was referring to it's the song almost completely stops at the four minute mark then you kind of get that faint bass line come in and the kick drum comes back before that crowning moment of the song where he starts screaming the word guillotine over and over again and it almost it doesn't come in in like any particular timing it always seems to be a little bit random when he's when he mm. does scream the guillotine and the kind of drums go off as well it goes for about a minute and then there's just screaming just <laughs> ah! and we spoke about it before 
this is where his voice should be. Like the screaming of Guillotine, the actual screaming, um, I think it just suits his voice mm. so well. Yeah, that might, we might we may even speak about that again pretty soon. Potentially. <laughs> and can I give you a little secret about this song that might surprise you? Yeah, you can give me. You can ex- this song share it. Absolutely, fucking goes off a hundred percent. Council Flat has always been 
I don't know, it, it deserves a lot more praise than what it gets. And it, the only reason it has been overshadowed a little bit is because of those first five songs on that album were all mm. crazy instant hits. Well, you know, they were Triple J yeah. hits. And Council Flat deserved a lot more kudos. And maybe because it was over five minutes long, it, you know, not so radio-friendly. and yeah. But, man, I love it. I love it. It yeah, was, it was in contention track, right rules. till the end for me. Well, and the kind of good thing I suppose about doing these lists sometimes when we talk about them with each other, you can kind of do a little bit of a sneaky every now and then. Go, okay, you got that there. I might, I might <laughs> boot that off mine. I'll throw something else in there. And <laughs> yeah. Well, while we're on guillotine, I, I mentioned to you today because I'm a I'm an avid collector of vinyl as well, mm-hmm. and and looking at it, guillotine is definitely one of my essential albums in my life. And I was like, man, I don't know if I've got that on vinyl. So I looked it up and it's never been released on vinyl. So I actually messaged British India today and said, you should really look at putting a short, yeah. short run of, of vinyl out for Guillotine because it would sell out. I guarantee it. It, it. People love when they, you know, that would be a first pressing for a classic album in Australian mm. culture. It, w- it would sell out instantly and I, I need it in my collection. So Declan and the, and the boys, if you're listening out there, please get onto that project ASAP because Tick sorry said you're not writing any more songs so you've got time to set up a yeah. vinyl press. But, <laughs> but literally, you know, Run the Red Light, Russian Roulette, Teenage Mother, like, so many great songs that could easily have been, you know, talked about a lot more tonight. Yeah. Any other songs uh, off that album, though? Uh, We're up to our one. number ones. So. All right. Well, well I think we, we do know what each other's number one is, and I'm going to go slightly odd way with my number one, and then you can give me your number one, okay? Okay. So my number one. Number one. This, this, is un- this will be a little unusual. Is not an album track. It's never been released. I've seen, like I said, I've seen them 13 times. I think of those 13, 12 of those 13 times, they've played this song followed by your number one. So I've looked this up. I've, I've scoured the earth. I've, I messaged British India. I'm like, I cannot find a version of this song online anywhere. I, I really worked so hard. Uh, you know, it just... Didn't matter what combination I put in, I went back through all the old concert footage that I've got and I just couldn't find it. The song is This Ain't No Fucking Disco. I'm going to try and describe it to you. It's because, like I said, it just doesn't exist. You can't find it. It starts off with, like, this kind of romper-pump-pump drumming kind of thing and then there's a brief jam for Declan. He sings the one lyric of the song. It is the title of the song. It is This Ain't No Fucking Disco. And there's a suggestion to the audience when I sing it, you sing it back to me. And there's about four times you, you go through this process and the gap between each time kind of gets the call and response time gets shorter and shorter and the drumming intensifies, the guitar picks up the pace and there's just this absolutely manic kind of frenzy. And then the song just completely shuts off on a dime and then there's one note and then it goes into your number one, which is... Black and White Radio. Yes. Man. So... This ain't no fucking disco. I, they played that. I've heard that live as well. Man, that yeah. yeah, that brings back some great memories. So I'm kind of cheating a little bit that my number one is also your number one. It's kind of packaged <laughs> as one song. Man, um, you and loopholes. That's crazy. <laughs> well, t- yeah, it's a, it's a good one. 
it's, but I think the package of the two is just my number mm. one because that experience of seeing that live so many times is just amazing. And I, I really want to get my hands on that again or, or see some footage of it or hear it again just to see if my description's mm. anywhere close to it. Well, you will not believe this, mate. This is like Christmas for you because I've actually found that footage. I've found Bullshit. it. I've found it. And this is, this is kind of what it sounds like. I'm Holsch from Holsch Fidelity. <laughs> this guy's magic, yeah. So that's the experience that you get. And I, I suspect it's not widely out there because it is – by that time you are just whipped into an absolute frenzy. So props to that guy, whoever it was, at the Cooley Hotel. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I kind of really wish, like even when I was going back through their catalogue, I was looking for more punk sort of style from them because black and white radio is just so great it 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 feels so raw i think it's probably the rawest of all their tracks but the feeling from it it suits declan's voice like unbelievably they always open or close concerts with this song because they know the response and i still remember clearly when you and I were at the, the one gig we went to together here in Townsville and you were going off your fucking chops in front of me. And and it was hard not to because it was just so much energy from not just, you know, from the band, but everyone in that in those, you know, they never seem to play huge, unless it's a festival, it's always a mm. pretty intimate, tight, sweaty, loud, and this song... It's not like a pop song. It, it well, it's not a pop song. It it's it's just raw energy, and it just goes through you, and and you, f- I won't say, f- you you're absolutely buggered after the the two and a half or three minutes it goes for. It always leaves you wanting more. Like it is just that it, it's a weird thing to do at the end of a concert to whip everyone up into a frenzy, but you do just leave there going, oh, I'm kind of not done. <laughs> 
Yeah. Want more. And is, isn't that what a band should do is leave you wanting more? And I've seen them so many times, but each time I'm still wanting more every single time. I think they've stopped They'd stopped doing this and it might have been towards the, the last couple of shows that I saw where they started playing it, like you said, at the start rather than at the end. But what they lost is they, they stopped doing this ain't no fucking disco along with it. But, yeah, mm. those two things were just a staple for, for every every gig and it was almost a sad thing but I was never sad to hear it because I knew that was the end of the gig and there was no mm. bullshit encore or anything like that it's here we are this is us yeah remember us yeah anyone that knew British India knew that was that was their full stop on the night yeah uh, yeah but an exclamation mark more than a full stop well yeah true <laughs> two, two or three exclamation marks yeah but yeah look this song for me is their classic for me, like yep. when, when I talk about cult music, like cult classic, for me, this is that song that in 20, 30 years' time, I'll still be someone happened to bring up that band, British India. That mm. I'll be like, man, have you, did you ever hear black and white radio? You've got to go back and hear this. Was there ever a consideration that this wasn't your number one? No. This was I, no, like literally. I, I said to Kate today, I, I did the, the hand analogy where, you know, black and white radio is up here. And yeah. the rest down here I'm trying to sort out. But Black yeah, and White yeah. Radio has, has always been. And even that first night when I saw them live, just as the first album was released, like it was, it made a statement then and there and it stuck with and, me. And pro- it's, it almost is the only song on this, on all of our songs that we've picked that doesn't follow the formula of stopping. Mm. It doesn't stop. No. It doesn't stop the whole way through. Yeah. It's just, it's got so much venom to it. The way he sings it yeah. and the guitar and the execution. It's, it's, yeah, I love it.
it's so short as well. It's over before you've even realised it's come. You know, what oh, no. I mean, it's just like I said, it's a, it's it's a perfect whip yourself up into a frenzy song, and yeah, I'm more than comfortable. Very very stoked that both of us have that as our number one. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I knew it was going to be the case, and and unapologetic to everyone. No, it's it's their best song. Well, I think that was pretty pretty fun for. A, a little bit impromptu. We had, we had some yeah, time yeah, to pull yeah. it together, but we just decided we were just itching to to, to record it, so we just jumped on yeah. tonight and, and made it happen. And, yeah, hopefully I'll put all these tracks onto our official playlist and everyone can get a bit of a taste for British India. And, and if you get the chance, make sure you, get, you go and see them live because they're unbelievable. There's probably a good chance this is the smallest band that we've done so far, like as in not just us, but across the board with Holsh Fidelity, you know, it'd probably be the the least yeah. well known, I suppose. So it's a good opportunity for a few people to, you know, pick them up and, and you might might find a band that you really love. Yeah, I agree. And I really hope to in the future like do a lot more of these sort of smaller niche bands that have their their cult following in the in their particular country or area or there's just so much gold out there that people don't know about including us Re- researching makes it really hard though when when they are a bit smaller when, <laughs> you know when some of the albums don't even have a wikipedia page that's when you know you're getting into the yeah <laughs> the nitty-gritty there's a there's a, a page which i'm sure you've, you've looked at called songmeetings.com and and oh, yeah. you go into that and it's like type my hands oh yeah it's got four comments and all four of them oh, i love this track yeah, this tracks the b- and I'm like okay, good contributions. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this song's about people loving music. <laughs> yeah, but no, mate. Thanks for coming on again. We've got a new segment coming up in a couple of weeks where we're going to actually dive into some new music. So a bit more on that later. But apart from that, we will see Tick again real soon. I'll get him stuck mm-hmm. into his next project the second we get off air. Thank you for listening guys make sure you subscribe to the channel and also add yourself to the holst fidelity facebook group but apart from that thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the playlist